Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, how are you this week? I am okay. I am ready for this weekend because I'm off Monday and Sunday. And we had, um, what's his face? Got <laughs> sentenced to prison. RJ, R- oh, R. Kelly. R. Kelly did get sentenced to prison today. Yes, 30 years. And uh, Ghislaine Maxwell got sentenced for 20 years yesterday. And while both of those sentences should probably be longer because they're going to get out before those time limits are out, at least they got something. Yeah, but my problem with the Ghislaine Maxwell thing is like, yes, fantastic. I'm absolutely thrilled that she was sentenced to jail, but what about her clients? What about what? Her clients. Like, you can't, you can't sell women or let's be clear, girls, to other adults and not have someone who has purchased said girls. So give me that list. That is, uh, that is what people would like. I don't think it's going to happen, but who knows? I don't either. Any person. <laughs> So, um, but that's how my week's going. It's fine. Things are... I'm, I'm so glad that your week is d- based solely on what has happened to criminal celebrities. Look. <laughs> Personal criminals, I know. Emotionally. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just... I'm so tired. <laughs> it's been a long week and it's Wednesday. Me and Nora today literally, like... We got there, we were just sitting there, everybody was gone by like four o'clock, and we just looked at each other and started talking, and it was 4.30, and she said, can we give up now? I said, yeah, let's just go home. I was like, it's fine. I am very much enjoying my only week of summer. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like, I still have summer, but like, I go back to work next week. Right. You're living your best life. So this is, this is my summer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We recorded on Saturday. Friday? No, Saturday. You're right. We did record. Right. We recorded Saturday morning. We watched on Friday night. We watched on Friday night and then we recorded Saturday morning because I was too tired on Friday. By that, we mean we watched Saturday morning and then recorded on Saturday. I watched Stargate Friday night. I also watched Stargate Friday night. But (laughs) Um, then what did I? Oh, I didn't do anything Sunday, I don't think. Oh, I did. Sunday, I went with my mom to my great grandma's house to meet with the real estate agent who is helping us sell her house. He's great. If you live in the Western New York area and need a real estate agent, let me know. I will give you Jay. He is fantastic. Love him. Anyway, real estate agent, if you uh, live in the uh, New York City area. Perfect. Um, Then Monday, what did I do on Monday? I felt like you had to I go to school, right? To do something? No. I went to pick up concert tickets and I went. Oh, I had a lunch date on Monday. That's what I did. Oh. I love how I like gay handed that for no reason. A nice lunch. Nice it, lunch. It was a nice lunch. I spent four and a half hours. Sitting there chatting with my lovely friend, um, who I have not seen in four years. 
And it was great. He um, taught me how to talk to awkward boys. It was wonderful. He's also the weirdest person. Okay, this is just this man. I have no idea how old he is. I'm so sorry if that makes noise. Did you hear that? I did, but it's fine. Okay. This man. This man. I have um, in the past been intimate with this man. I have no idea how old he is. He will not tell me how old he is. I don't know his birth. A vague understanding? I have a vague, I have a five-year age range. That's, you know. Right. But, like, do not know his birthday. Do not know his age. He has scrubbed it from the internet. I cannot find it anywhere at all. And now he is thinking it's so funny that I'm so bothered by it. I go, you're the oldest person I've ever been with. He's like, you don't even know how old I am. I go, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but you are. He goes, okay. And I go, so I'm going to need an age so that I know if someone else is older. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to tell you. I was like, Why is he so like? I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. That should be, like, a huge red flag. If someone won't tell you right. their age, like, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Especially, like, four years. Like, if you haven't seen him in four years, that means you've known him for at least four years. Yeah, we've, been, friend- we've been friends since 2015. That's a we've long been friends time. for seven years. Yeah. And I do not know how old he is. I know he is somewhere between 35 and 40. I'm convinced he is 37, turning 38 in August of this year. I know he's a Leo. I think he's an August Leo. He was like, how do you know the difference? I said, you do. You know the difference. You know the difference. (sighs) I don't know. That's, but then yesterday, no, I'll share that story later. Okay. I realized I can't tell you everything that I've done because then I'll have nothing to talk about on Thursday's podcast. I know. Yep. So. I'm sorry. My life is inactive. It's okay. It's my only week of summer. <laughs> um, but speaking of summer and living your best life, how can we be spiritual AF today? Yes. No is a full sentence. Yes, it is. Unless your English teacher asks you to write the answer in complete sentences, then no is not a full sentence. But yes, that is correct. Set your boundaries and live your best life. That's okay. That actually reminds me of a story of what happened to me yesterday. I went to a concert. You guys will learn about my concert on Thursday. But as I was going to the concert, because I do my VIP weird concert things, because that's what I do. And this guy walked up to me and my friend and he was like, Hey, how do you guys get up to that like area of the theater? And I go, that's for the sponsors. And he goes, what does that even mean? I go, it means my dad paid for this concert. And he goes, who's your dad? And like tried to hit on me. I go, you will never know. (laughs) And I just walked away and my friend Anna was cracking up. She was like, that was ballsy. And I go, I do not do well. 
with men like that. Do not. No. No. I, I also do not. <laughs> uh, yes. No. Um, what doesn't give me the ick is Stargate SG-1. Right. Right. I'm, I'm killing it with transitions today. Sure. Um, this episode of Stargate SG-1 came out. Just kidding. It's season one. Episode 16. Called Enigma. Which I don't think I understand. Like, I do, but it could have been titled better. I don't, I don't like really I don't like that. understand either of the titles for this week, so it's fine. It was rated eight stars, which I am cool with. I agree. It came out on January 30th, 1998. The number one song is still Truly Madly Deeply, and the number one movie is still Titanic. It will be. Forever. For some time. Um, some cool things that happened on January 30th of 1998. The Howard Stern radio show premiered. In 98? Yeah. I thought I'd been around longer. So did I. But it- I saw him once. Who did you? He was having cheese at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Ooh. LA. Got it. Um, also, Paul Simon's musical, The Cape Man, premiered at the Marquee Theater and ran for 68 performances. Is that anything like Nightman? I have no idea. I did not look it up, but it only ran for 68 performances despite being by Paul Simon, so it couldn't have been great. I mean, neither is Nightman. That's what it's called. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> They're not related. Okay. Like, I, don't, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, it was directed by William Garrity. This is his second of 12 episodes. He previously directed The Baraka Divide, which we did not like. Mm. It was the one where they turn into cavemen like, oh. early. Yeah. 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 Not a favorite. Um, then it was written by Catherine Powers. Oh, has written a bunch for us so far. The guest star of this episode, I'm talking about probably not the one you're going to think I'd talk about. Okay. I'm not going to talk about Naram. Why not? Because I'm saving him. Okay. Because he will appear on the show again. We'll talk to him. Okay. okay. He will, will appear go. on the show later, and I will talk about him then. But Fine. I'm talking about... The man who played Omak. That's his name, correct? I thought yes, it was- Omak. It is Omak. Okay. And the reason I'm talking about Omak is because he's a bigger star. It might not seem like it, but he is. Omak was played by a man named Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell appeared on 13 episodes of The Flash in CW. I probably saw that then. He appeared in two episodes of my favorite MacGyver, not the original MacGyver, my MacGyver. But what Tobin Bell is famous for, and I I don't mean like a little tiny bit famous. I mean like everyone who watches this podcast should know him because of the genre of this podcast. 
gosh, I'm not going to know him from this. Tobin Bell is Jigsaw. I know it's in <laughs> Right. But, like, you can't really know horror and not know who Jigsaw is. Like, right. you don't have to have seen the Saw movies to know that Jigsaw is kind of a big deal in horror. But also, Tobin, like, you never see his face, right? Like, right. I don't recognize Tobin. No, but, exactly, okay. because of the Jigsaw mask. Right, right, right. If, unless you've seen the movies and seen when he takes, because he does take the mask off in some of the movies. Because gotcha. they go into weird, weird, weird directions. Yes. But yes, um, Tobin Bell is Jigsaw. So, like, in terms of the the scope of this podcast, I felt like he was kind of a bigger deal to talk I about. Know. I have a big deal. I, like, pull up his eye. Yes, never watch the Saw movies. I either, because I don't do blood. I don't mind blood, but those movies are just, I can only take so much of the uh, torture movies, and Final Destination is my stuff so i but still i pulled up his imdb and the first thing that came up was one of the saw movies and i go oh he was in one of the saw movies that's cool horror connection i look at it it's like character jigsaw and i go oh Oh, he oh movies and then i was like wait a second i knew that i should have known that name like i don't know the saw movies well but i should have known that name i feel like monica and i have talked about that before Probably. probably so Yes, yeah, so our guest star who plays Cranky Old Man Omak is Cranky Old Man Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. So we start with the SGT. Oh, wait. We start with a blurb. I forgot. <laughs> the SG team rescues a group of advanced aliens but must risk court martial to prevent the aliens' technology from falling into the wrong hands. Yep. I have one problem with that blurb. The use of the word aliens in the show is very generic because they use it to talk about alien races, but then they also use it to talk about like people who just live on a different planet, which technically both of those terms, the term for them is alien, but they use it so loosely that I'm always confused as to what they mean by alien. Yes, that is absolutely a fair argument. Because also, like, you can be an alien if you're just not from that country. Like, alien just means of a different place. But also, please clarify. So we start with the gate opening, and they are arriving on a planet that, fun fact, is in the middle of an active volcano. And it eruption. Felt like the like the way this scene looks feels very nineties horror, and I understand that this is not that, and it yes. doesn't continue that way. But the very first scene, I feel like I'm watching a nineties horror film where they're like out deep in the woods, you know, and it's got that grainy almost feel. Um, the opening scene from this episode where they're going out into the planet and there's the ash everywhere is part of the credit montage. If you watch the credits every week, that scene is in the credits. <laughs> I do, and I didn't, I didn't. It is actually the scene right before they have General Hammond and Don S. Davis's name. So next time you're watching the credits, the opening scene from this is the scene directly before General Hammond's face. I don't have the credits memorized, 
but also I might have the credits memorized. Probably. Anyway, um, I'm a crazy person. Well, I was watching the credits today and I was like, did they change the credits? No, they have not changed the credits. I've watched them 16 weeks in a row. And today I was like, did they change these? No, no, no. So (laughs) we're on Um, on spectrums. Yep. Uh, So Jack tells Daniel to dial the gate. They're getting out of there. They're like in there. And Daniel's like, absolutely no questions. Oh, wait, is that a person over there? Let me go. Except for he doesn't say a person. He goes, there's something out there. You just said no questions, Daniel. You. Daniel fucking Jackson. What are we going to do with him? Could you imagine, like, if he wasn't in the story, though? Oh, nothing would happen. Nothing. Nothing would happen. It would be nothing without him. Like, even if we, like, say didn't have tilt it'd be sad because he's like comedic relief and i like him but like this storyline could still happen if we didn't have sam like we just wouldn't have another military person. like these are all people that are important but daniel jackson is the only reason that these storylines go so off like kilter i feel like he is he is being used almost as a plot device though like, it's getting to the point where sometimes there's no way Daniel would actually do that. Like, he is just, like, the Flintstone for no reason. Mm-hmm. And not, like, the Flintstone, like, meet the Flintstones. Like, the... Okay. Right. Uh, I hate the English language sometimes. <laughs> um, That's why you teach it. <laughs> You're not wrong. So Daniel compares everything to Pompeii because everyone's dying of suffocation before the lava even gets there and there's all this stuff in the air and they're trying to find all of these people and figure out if they're alive or not. And then this guy like wakes up and grabs Sam and says, don't help us. What? Especially because then later in the episode, it's made clear that he is glad that they were saved. So, like, watch the fuck. But at first he didn't understand all of the intricacies that go along with feelings. He was thinking strictly from a... Well, he's a man. Of course he didn't understand the intricacies that go along with feelings. Fair. (laughs) There. But not men before, Nareen. right? Nareen. 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 He understands feelings. That was Nareen. Was it? I thought yeah. it was Nareen who said that. No, it was Nareen who said that. No. Well, I don't know what to tell you then. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So. Well, that's right, because he thought she was, she was an agent. I follow. So they do, in fact, bring them to Earth anyway, despite being told not to help these people, which is fine. (laughs) Not mad about it. What would you do? Just leave them to die? Right. Um, So 10 people were evacuated. um, And Dr. Frazier says they're all going to survive. And it's all very exciting. This is the greatest rescue mission to ever happen. 
they have these devices on them that like emit radiation, but no one can figure out what they are. Um, and Daniel starts talking about how it's very possible for other species, like other planets to be more scientifically advanced because we lived through the dark ages. I mean, yes. <laughs> I have no so, doubt one is smarter than us. Yeah, but listen, sometimes when sci-fi shows like make excuses for like other planets being more scientifically advanced they just say shit they just make stuff up like how do you know that the other planet didn't, didn't go through like the dark ages right maybe they had a, a, a great depression you don't know we know nothing we know nothing about any of these cultures and they're like well they didn't have to do what we did which to be fair if ever anyone who's on any planet out there maybe is somehow like linked into like earth internet and seeing this, please God don't do what we're doing. Are we reaching out to the aliens directly right now? Yes. Hello. Dear extraterrestrials of any kind, do not become this God forsaken planet. Thank you. Do have not. a nice day. But, and we love you. We're friendly. Yeah. Well, we are. I no, don't... no. The rest of the world is not. But we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the spokesperson, who then we find out is Omak, we don't know at this time, is now awake and wants to speak to the whole SG team. And he's like, why did you bring us here? And they're like, to fucking save your life, my dude. And he's like, that's not good for you. What? He's like, like so unappreciative. He's like, you are primitive people. You could not possibly have operated the gate correctly. And I, from now on, would like to tell everyone who annoys me that they're primitive people. I don't care if they're smarter than me or more technologically advanced. Because oh. that feels like such a burn every time he says it. It does. It feels so <laughs> aggressively insulting. Every time Omak. Or Naram is like, you guys are primitive. Like, to the point where Sam's like, can you please stop fucking calling us primitive? Right. Like, you're not too bad. <laughs> not? Like, I get it. Our, our technology, not in the same place as yours, but, like, we're fucking people too, my dude. <laughs> so, um, and then looks like no 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 they're very smart here he's like yeah then he's like they care about people here he's like that's nice coming from a jaffa what? yeah so okay. now you're so now you are just an asshole these people saved your life even though you're not you don't seem to care that they saved your life and then they're like okay like fucking spill the beans my dude who are you he's like my name is omak i come from the planet planet talum um we do know of the gold but we do, he said, we do not interact with them. And General Ham's like, great, we have a common enemy. He's like, bitch, should I say they were my enemy? No, I was like, who are these people and why are they not enemies of the Gaold? He was like, we do neither interact positively or negatively. We just are aware of their existence. That's, that's all we've got. And that kind of feels to me like the, I was over on the bench. Yeah. 
Like, you know of their existence. You know that they're taking out whole other civilizations and you're just, and just like idly sitting by saving your own technology. Like, okay. But I was over on the bench. Right. And if you don't get that reference, I don't know how you're friends with us. It's really well. Um, anyway. So Omak then demands that they give all of their stuff back and let them go. And they're like, absolutely not. There is still an active volcano. We will not be reopening the gate. Thank you. Come again. Yes. And Daniel's like, and since you're stuck here, let's talk. <laughs> He's like, by the way, I'm very interested to learn about you while you're here. And Omak's like, Get a take a fucking hike, my dude. Not a chance. So then Sam is down in the gate room um, repairing a UAV as a recon probe to try to figure out what's going on with um, the volcano. And Daniel's like, hey, one of these guys clearly has the fucking hots for you. Please go use your googly eyes to get us information. Because once again, Sam is defined by her gender. Um, Shocking, I know. I know. Which, to be fair, I don't hate the Sam and Naram interactions. No, zero percent. I'm I'm thrilled. I love it. But I was a little pissed that that was the direction we had to take it in. I will say I was at first, but the more it goes along, you see that she would be the best choice not only because he was interested in her but because of how smart she is and because right well and and then he talks to her and he tells her a bunch of things and it's like um about why he wanted to talk to her or he trusted her and it makes sense but like in that moment when daniel's like you go talk to him and general him and it's like he's taken with you i'm like what is wrong with all of you men so uh niram is like okay like let's I want to see planet earth. And for some reason, General Hammond's like, yeah, definitely take him outside. So a question, are you going to tell me how I know him or do I have to wait until he reappears? Oh yeah. I didn't write it down. Cause I was just gonna um, <laughs> say it later, but no, he, He's one of those guys who's been in a little tiny bit of everything. He's been in like one episode of a bunch of stuff. I don't know that you necessarily know him, know him. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to remember. He was in the original MacGyver. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that he did. Um, but he... He, he just has that face. Like, he has that face where you're like, I've definitely seen him in literally everything. Like, uh, oh, I can't remember. There's a guy who has a very similar dark haircut. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, like, he was in, like, one episode of Arrow and one episode of um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and one episode of Endgame and two episodes of Supernatural. Like, he he's not... He doesn't have anything that, like... This is his role? Hugely stands out. No. Okay. 
He's just one of those guys that has a really, really familiar face. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will actually say that there is one thing that I think he stands out for, but I don't, it's one of those things that I'm still convinced no one else in the entire Mm -hmm. world has ever watched. So far you've been right every time. (laughs) And that is that he played the coach, the basketball coach in the 1996 Disney channel original movie, Susie Q. You're right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> that it is the best Disney Channel movie to ever, ever exist. Amy uh, Jo Johnson. Watch Cadet Kelly. Yes. Mm. No, this is better. Mm. Like, and I have Cadet Kelly on VHS. Like, that I taped from the Disney Channel. <laughs> Actually, I think I just threw it out. Okay. Like week. Mm, there's more to the story that is not for the, <laughs> okay. that is not for the podcast. Um, I did not record it myself. Someone recorded it for me, and I threw out everything that came from them. Gotcha. Um, but Susie Q is this movie about this girl named Susie Q who died in the fifties, but then her ghost is like hanging out and this boy is the only one who can see her and she's played by amy joe johnson from like the pink power ranger have i seen this i don't it's the best movie ever of all time and um the boy is played by justin wallen who i know him but the ghost of a girl who died in 1955 appears to a troubled teen living in her old house. And he's like, a fo- Oh no, it's not a basketball coach. It's a football coach, but he's like a football player and he moves into this house. And then like this girl is like, her ghost is there and it's. Ugh. Okay. I have not seen this, but also Shelly Long is in it. Yeah. That's wild. It's. Literally, it's like the least known um, Disney Channel movie. Like, nobody ever knows that it exists, but it is. <gasps> and guess who else is in it? Laura Harris. Our girl from Dead Like Me. Oh, that's right. She plays someone named Jeanette. Yes. But. And Garwin Sanford, who plays Naram, plays Coach Stan- Coach Stanford. Oh, fun. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So if anyone, that movie is unfortunately not on Disney Plus, I don't think. Although it absolutely should be, because it is a Disney Channel original movie. And it is so stupid that it's not on Disney Plus. Um, I, this is my official petition to put it on Disney plus so that everyone can see how amazing it is. Okay. I'm in. Um, anyway, but so Niram, Niram goes outside to talk to Sam. He's like, I really shouldn't even be talking to you, but like, 
I'm grateful to be alive. And like when I thought I was dying, I saw you. And there's this old like myth on our planet that when somebody dies, these beautiful creatures come to take them to. And she's like, oh, angels, that's the thing. He's like, so you still believe in them? She was like, some, some people do. Um, and he's like, I thought you were an angel because you look like an angel. And then he like freaks out because he sees a bird. And he's like, there are no living animals. I thought I would never see a living animal. And I was like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. So sad, right? Um, but um, he tells her that like, Omak's really just trying to protect everyone, not just them, but like her and her people yeah. too. So they go back inside and they send the UAV into the planet or, but it turns out that Talon's air is still too hot and too toxic to breathe. And the lava is flowing straight toward the Stargate. So within a matter of days, the Stargate will be kaput. No more Stargate on Talon. Um, and we find out that, Oh, and so we find she tells oh they tell Omak and he's like, Are you sure? And they're like, Yeah. And he's like, Well, that fucking sucks. Still not telling you anything. Right. So Sam's like, Hey, beautiful man who has feelings for me. What the fuck is going on? And he tells her that they were trying to close the gate. Because the planet is in cataclysm. That's the word I wrote. I was like, it looks like it said Kelsian with a Y. The planet is on a cataclysmic path. And they needed to close the gate so that no one could ever go back there and die. Right. Um, and they're trying to get a plant to another planet, but the planet they're trying to go to is outside of their gate system. So they need a spaceship. But fun fact, SG does not have spaceships. No, no they do not. So um, the team breaks up and they're going to go look for old favors and also get a refugee housing ready in the base because obviously these people are going to be here for a minute. Yeah. Um, so when they set them up in refugee housing, they give them back their weird radiation devices and was like, you can have these back, um, but you cannot leave. And he's like, oh, so we're prisoners. And they're like, no, you're not. But, like, you can't go anywhere. Right. And Omak does not like that very much. I mean, fair. I also would not like that very much. Right. Very much being held as prisoners, even though it's... They're saying it's not that bad. Yes. Um, Then Niram and Sam are hanging out, being a little flirty. She brought him some books about Earth. And some pictures and a cat. Um, and they, the cat is named Schrodinger. I lost my mind. 
<laughs> I was like, of course the cat's name is Schrodinger. Um, so then when Niram obviously did not get the joke, she explained Schrodinger's cat to him and he goes, oh, yes, that quantum physics thing. Yeah, we've disproved that. Yeah, I was like, just cancel quantum physics. That's fine. Yeah. Um, my next... Oh, and then Omak overhears them talking and is a lot unhappy. Not a fan of this relationship. Um, and then the next thing you know, the people have escaped. What? And I've been, these are just my favorite people so far. Like, I like other people, but these people, they are just like so matter of fact. They're so smart. Yeah. And I just love it. So, but then they escape. So the SG team goes outside to find them and they are like, we were just watching the stars, but like, maybe not really. Cause that some seemed kind of sketchy. Um, so then funny story because this episode was directed by William Garrity, Tuplo and the people of the land of light come back. They were the, the land of the light was where the Braca divide happened. And I did not realize it was called Land of the Light. I know we talked about that probably. Yeah. The more they talk about it, it sounds awful. And I want to create a Land of the Dark, I've decided. Yeah, but the the dark side of the Land of the Light was where everyone was turning into cavemen and killing each other. I want to make my own Land of the Dark, not their Land of the Dark. I want there to be fireflies and stars everywhere and campfires. Yeah, but you just described all of the things that light up the dark. You don't actually want a Land of the Dark. You just want nighttime lights. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's not dark. But I don't want the sun. Okay, so you just don't want the sun, but you don't want dark. Yes. Correct. But if it was the land of the dark, I could have all my nighttime lights and fireworks. You need the land of the dark to have nighttime lights. I guess. Yes, correct. I would still disagree. You you stand behind that. You stand behind that. I will. Um so Tuplo is earnest and generous and sweet, and he's ready to take them in. And Omak is a douche tool who's like, you're even more primitive than these motherfuckers. I don't want you. <laughs> he was so kind, too. Um, so Sam goes to Niram, her new beau. Yeah. And she's like, hey, sweet baby cheeks. What is the real problem? Because Omak clearly not telling us something. And Niram, because he has been swayed by her blue eyes and blonde hair, is like, okay. So listen, there was this planet that we found and we went and visited them and we gave them this magical energy device. And then instead of like creating a better society, they used the magical energy device to create vicious war that destroyed their entire planet in one day and knocked our planet so far off of its course around the sun that everything started to die and i was like yep that makes sense that you know that's what happens um my next note just says niram is smitten Mm -hmm. but i think i was just obsessed with the word smitten today (laughs) 
<laughs> because I think I might have sent a text that said I was smitten right before I wrote that. So I don't know if something actually happened or if I was just obsessed with them. And as a couple. Yeah, either way. It could have happened. Um, so I now Sam has a crush, so something must have happened. But I also could not tell you what it was. Right. Um, oh, I know. I remember what it was. They, She said, you guys could just stay on Earth. Oh, it's like, I would like to stay on Earth to learn about one particular one of its inhabitants. And then there was a cute moment. He was like, I'm obviously talking about Schrodinger. <laughs> and I was like, yes! I love it! Oh, I love it so much. Um, so then Jack and Omak get into a fight and they are screaming at each other. And Omak is absolutely sure they only care about the technology and not the people. And Jack's like, that's a little difficult since we still don't know what the fuck the technology is. And Omak's like, right, never going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> so then General Hammond sends somebody in to get the SG team because fun fact, they figured out how to mess with the cameras enough to see what happened in the escape and they are magically able to walk through walls. And of course, because it's TV and the timing always works this way, military douchebag walks in just at this moment and is like, aha, perfect. Thank you so much. The president will be glad to see that. Um, you were not invited to this party, sir. Please leave. Um, I actually wrote some military douche gets all up in the way of shit. Yes. That's how I wrote it. Uh, I mean, that's 100% correct. So <laughs> then we find out that the NID, which is in some intelligence something, some wants to take the town. And General Hammond is like, fuck you, sir. I still outrank you. I put, yes, Hammond. When General Hammond was like, that was not a suggestion, Colonel. It was an order. I was like, it was. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, Jack's like, didn't, didn't we already say that they were healthy? And Hammond's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's like, sure. Exactly. Um, but then, because all the military people are there being angry, Hiram's like, fuck, it's like Sarita all over again. Everybody just wants technology and weapons and fighting, and this is awful, and I don't want to be here, and I don't want to do this. Yes. Uh, then the president, we've already discussed in the show, the fictional president that is not really the real president, but who was also Bill Clinton, but not Bill Clinton because it wasn't the real president. Um, is an asshole the worst this is like third episode in a row where the president fucks some shit up um the president authorized releasing the tom to mayburn yes but um jack pulls a secret meeting with general hammond outside and general hammond's like why did you bring me outside and he's like because mayburn isn't here and he's like okay i'm listening and they figure out that the only escape for the Talon is to actually have the Talons escape. And Hammond's like, no. If we help them, that we will be court-martialed. And they're like, 
But ha ha ha, Daniel is a civilian scientist on secret assignment. He cannot be court-martialed. Also, also, Teal'c is not even a is not even on record as being on Earth. Right. <laughs> so it would be hard to court martial him. Correct. Um so Omak, so Daniel goes to Omak to talk to them, and Omak obviously does not trust Daniel. Yeah. And Daniel's like, listen, I don't want your technology. I would like to introduce you to the Knox. There are these people that are also advanced. And also shut off communication to us because our planet sucks. <laughs> and so Omak sends a message to the Knox. They go up to the mountaintop. He takes Daniel with him in his cool disappearing thing. And they, he sends this message. And then he like vaguely tries to explain their technology to Daniel, who even with Daniel being as smart as Daniel is, does not get it. No, I uh, I was so thrilled when they mentioned the Knox because I feel like we're finally starting to make connections in the Stargate world. It only took fifteen episodes, but here we are. I literally, when they were talking about the Knox, I was like, Courtney's going to be so happy this episode. So happy! I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, so then Naram comes to see Sam and say goodbye, and he gives her this device. That I absolutely wish was real. I think it would be excellent and also terrible. (laughs) Right. It would be the worst thing that ever happened to fuckboys. Like, let's be clear. But also, do we care? Emotions. Do we care? Oh, it would be bad for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be bad for them because then there would they people would see that they didn't actually have any real feelings. But like. It would be amazing. I yeah. want it. Anyway, this device shows someone, like, has someone feel the emotions that someone else felt. Like, it records emotions. And then he's like, we have this other custom that is more deep than words. And he kisses her, and she's like, we have that custom, too. And it's beautiful. And I started to cry. A little tiny bit and then daniel awkwardly walked in and ruined everything whoops <laughs> he just goes <laughs> oops <laughs> i laughed um but then mayburn tries to get so oh so then the gate has been oh sorry daniel tells sam they need to do something we don't know what they're doing but he says he needs their help then all of a sudden the gate is being act- activated off world and General Hammond is confused. But, like, generally, General Ewally, because they did not fill him in on the plan, obviously. Yes. Um, and um, so the, the gate is being activated. Something is coming in. The iris is being broken through. So they open the blast door, and they see all the talent standing in the gate room with Daniel. And Mayburn starts, like, yelling about court-martial. And they're like, ha-ha, civilian, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, you can't take them away. You can't let them go. And they're like, we didn't open the gate. Like, it's being activated off-world. Like, that's not on us. And then Lyra walks in. And Lyra sees all the guns and she looks at Daniel and she says, your planet has not changed, but you have. 
So oh. I will. So I will take these people with me. It was so sweet. And then um, the knocks make all the talent disappear. Like go invisible, and then they make all the guns go invisible, and Jack is just cracking up, and he's like, "God, I love these people." I, I was like, "Me too, Jack. Me too. Me too." And then um, they everything goes, and Mayburn leaves because there's no people, and everybody's pissed off, and the SG team is just kind of standing in the gate, looking at the in the gate room, looking at the gate, and Daniel's like smiling like stupidly and jack's like what are you thinking about he was like something this fluffy haired old little guy said to me one time and jack's like the young don't always do what they're told and i was like god i love the knocks i know so much the knocks are the best thing about the show so far i believe it um and that's the end of the episode. So we had an episode where we actually connected back to an alien that we've already talked about. Yes. And it was good. Yes. I really liked this episode. I feel like maybe this should have been like a season, mid-season kickoff coming back maybe. Maybe, it was like, yeah. You know, what? it was like our first minorly big connection, I guess. It wasn't... I mean, I do think the Gawold connection last week was, like, the Jaffa connection. It's just that Korai wasn't a well-done episode. Yeah. Like, the the premise of it wasn't awful. It was just that the episode itself wasn't Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I really liked this one. I liked the connections. I liked the new people. I was... Really well done. I think it might be one of my favorite episodes we've seen. Yay! I love that. Um, did you have a favorite person in this episode? I know. I know we usually do. What? Narum. Oh, Narum. Okay. Obviously. Um, mine is Laya, just because I love her, and I was happy she came back. I also like her, yeah. Um, what about someone that you'd like to punch? Mayburn. Obviously. I would like also, ten times. Also, like, a little bit Omak is mine, because, like, he wasn't oh, wrong. He was doing the right thing, but, like, there was no reason to be that rude about it. Exactly, yeah. Especially to Tuplo. Tuplo did not deserve that. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I can understand coming at the military that way whenever, like, right. they can you from your, like, town, but Tuplo was just there to help. Like, Tuplo was just there, and it is not his fault that his culture just, like, doesn't have technology. Like, they live happily right. with farms and candles. Like, leave them alone. Technology has ruined so many things. People who are happy living with their farms and their candles are wonderful. Like, the Amish made it this far for a reason. Right. I don't know what that reason is, but they did. Rob Springer. Oh, I'm now. <laughs> that's the one. That's that's how they've made it. <laughs> we should all, just like no matter what your religion, no matter what you believe, just like once every, even if it was like every eight years, you just take like a month to be a different person. You have no responsibility, no anything. You go somewhere else and do whatever the fuck you can't do in your real life. And then you just come home and pretend it never happened and get all that shit out of your system. Um, fun fact, that is 
how Starbucks does their uh, program. If you've been there for eight years, you get like a month off to go do something different and then come back and you get your job back. At least it was that way like six years ago when I worked there. And that's basically their whole philosophy. And they give you health insurance. <laughs> well, and some of Starbucks are unionized now. Mm-hmm. Thanks specifically. I don't know. Have we talked about this on the podcast about Starbucks unions? The Starbucks union, the first Starbucks store to be unionized, the head of the spear, spearing, whatever, spearheading, that's the word. The spearhead of this campaign to get Starbucks unionized is my friend, like who I work with at Shays. She ran the Starbucks that was the first union. Yeah. So, the first unionized Starbucks was in Buffalo, and it was thanks to Michelle Eisen. Starbucks does good for the people. You get profit sharing. You get all kinds of good stuff. Just so many good benefits. I actually was in Starbucks the other day, and I was like, if I needed another part-time job, I don't think I'd hate working here. They pay for college. They're, they're a good company to work for. I just had a mental breakdown in the middle of it because it was my second year of law school, so I, I didn't stay very long, but... uh. I just actually have a job in my career, so... I mean, same, but... (laughs) Um, If you want to work at Starbucks or have a message to send to the aliens that we've communicated with on this podcast, please send us an email at deathandaliens at gmail.com. And we will filter through and only send the best responses to the aliens. Absolutely. You can also send us a message on any of the social medias at deathandaliens, all one word. You can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. Oh, and you can <laughs> I just like super salt. <laughs> I'm fine. You can follow me at cecloud13. And we will see you on Thriller Thursday. Bye.